COVID-19 pandemic resulted in the deaths of thousands of elderly Canadians from coast to coast. But four of those deaths from a small community hospital in eastern Ontario are being treated as a murder investigation. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Ottawa Citizen reporter Aidan Helmer joins me to discuss the doctor behind the accusations, who the victims are, and what we know about the case so far. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, we're even on Amazon Music now. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Aiden, there's an interesting case in court in Ontario right now involving a doctor by the name of Brian Nadler. But before we get into some of the details of the case, what do we know about Dr. Nadler himself? Uh, well, we just know the very basic biographical information on uh, Dr. Nadler first. We know that he is from a, uh, a suburb in Montreal's West Island area. He grew up there, as far as we know, and he attended medical school at McGill University. He received his degree in 2010. From there, he spent some time in Alberta, did some postgraduate studies uh, in Alberta, and then moved on to continue his training uh, in internal medicine in Saskatchewan. So that's where his record first sort of pops up as far as a disciplinary hearing that he was facing in Saskatchewan when he was working at St. Paul's Hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was in July of 2018. So after Saskatchewan, when did he move back east? So the first record that we have of him then in Ontario is when the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario issued a restricted license for Nadler to practice in Ontario. That was in February of 2020. So he was ordered to work under supervision for at least one year in the province before that restriction was lifted. And so we understand that that restriction would have been lifted in February 2021. That's about one month before these very serious charges were laid. So we have a global pandemic unfolding. We have patients, especially elderly patients in in provinces across the country, getting sick with COVID-19, winding up in hospital, many of them dying. And during that time, we have Dr. Nadler being charged with one count of murder back in the spring of 2021, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's right. What happened with that case? Okay, so that's when the first charges came to light. So that was on March 25th of 2021. The notification went out from the OPP that they had opened a homicide investigation at the Hawkesbury General Hospital. And that is obviously a very rare occurrence and a very odd case. So there was obviously a lot of interest that was generated, like you say, back in the spring of 2021. So at the time, the OPP were investigating the death of an 89-year-old man at the hospital. His name was Albert Quadigin from Point Claire, Quebec. And at the time, the OPP did say that they were investigating recent suspicious deaths at the hospital. So there was some indication at that time that the investigation may have been larger than just the single case and the single death that had been reported back more than a year ago. And then that brings us to last week when these three new charges were all laid, all involving elderly patients, again, at the Hawkesbury Hospital, the same location that uh, Dr. Nadler was practicing at the time. And we've learned from court documents that those deaths occurred on or about the same date, March 25th. Mm-hmm. And was Dr. Nadler charged with first-degree murder in all of these cases? Yes, so the OPP laid the initial charge of first-degree murder back on March 25th, 2021. Dr. Nadler was arrested at his home that evening, charged and put in jail, was later released on bail. 
But then, yes, the OPP upgraded that following this investigation with three new charges of first-degree murder, all involving these three additional patients at the Hawkesbury Hospital. Now, do we know at this point what the allegations are on the court papers? Do we know if it's a case of deciding not to give proper care to these patients, if it was a deliberate act to end their lives, administering something to them in the hospital or or doing anything specific to them to cause their deaths? Or do we have a sense of the allegations as of yet? So we are very short on details at this moment. It is the early going of the criminal investigation phase. He has only appeared in court for a bail hearing, and generally those are fairly short on actual details and information. So we don't actually know what the allegations are and the details and the particulars. We only have heard just sort of hints and clues, and some of those have come from his defense counsel, who have said that all of the patients under Dr. Nether's care were patients who were suffering from COVID-19. And the lawyers have said that he proclaims his innocence and that he provided excellent care to all of these patients and that they died from causes associated with that illness. Have Crown prosecutors issued any sort of statement at this point or it, again, because it's at the, still at the bail hearing stage, they're not saying much? Yeah, the Crown very uh, rarely will step forward and make a public statement on a case like this. All we know is that the Crown made a joint submission for Dr. Nadler's release along with his lawyers. So they did not oppose his release on bail and supported uh, his continued release under the same conditions that were issued back in July of 2021 when he was first released on bail. And even though he's released, he's no longer able to practice medicine in Ontario, correct? He's lost privileges at his hospital as well as had his license suspended by the College of Physicians and Surgeons? That's right. Well, his license was suspended immediately after the first charge. So on March 26th, the day after the first charge was laid, the College of Physicians and Surgeons suspended his license, and that remains in place. All of his hospital privileges were also suspended by the Hawkesbury General Hospital, who have also said that they are participating solely in the OPT investigation, and they've asked basically for privacy for the victims' families at this time. uh, That's where their focus is. But yes, part of the conditions of his release is that he is not to practice medicine of any kind anywhere. So that goes above and beyond any College of Physicians. That's the Ontario court ordering him that he is not to practice medicine anywhere. We'll be right back. I know you just said that the hospital is participating or assisting police in the investigation and their main concern is for the families of the deceased patients, but have they offered any indication as to how a doctor under their supervision could have wound up being charged with four counts of first degree murder? Like that's, it's a significant case. We have not heard any sort of indication one way or the other from hospital officials on that. They have released statements at the time that each set of charges were laid. This is a relatively small community hospital in Hawkesbury. Hawkesbury is not a big town. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a town on the Ottawa River. It's about 100 kilometers east of Ottawa, north of Cornwall, sort of in that area, right right on the river. It's a 100-bed hospital, Just uh, and it's just recently actually gone through some upgrades over the last six or seven years, I believe, to move from a 69-bed hospital now to a 100-bed hospital. So this is a small community hospital. It's not like the big hospitals that we see uh, in, in the area. So you're right. I mean, for something like this to happen, this is a, a very significant charges. This is an extraordinary case. Things like this, uh, just even with to the extent that charges being laid, 
against a doctor for deaths that have occurred at a hospital are, are extraordinarily rare. And so, yes, it's generated an, an immense public interest here in Ottawa and uh, obviously in the Hawkesbury area and uh, then beyond. So earlier you mentioned he faced some disciplinary actions when he was practicing in Saskatchewan. What do we know about the details of those cases? So yes, uh, back in July of 2018, that's when Dr. Nadler's name first really appears on any sort of uh, record as far as a disciplinary hearing. And that was back when he was working at St. Paul's Hospital in Saskatoon. So we have a record of that from Saskatchewan's College of Physicians and Surgeons, where Dr. Nadler was accused of having a verbal altercation with another doctor, where he called the doctor a bitch, hmm. and then told another doctor that he felt like slapping the doctor in question. So he was charged and found guilty of two counts of unprofessional conduct. The other count was in connection with making improper notes on a patient's chart. So as a result of that, Nadler had to take courses. There was one course in professional ethics, another one in medical record keeping. And that's basically what happened as the outcome of that disciplinary hearing uh, back in 2018. Where do things go next in this case? I assume, you know, he had a bail hearing. Will there be a preliminary hearing before we see a trial? Or do, do we get the sense that this could be headed straight to trial? What, what are the next steps here in the legal system? So he's currently out on bail. He's living with a quarterproof surety. There is a $10,000 bond. He is uh, ordered to reside at that address. He has to notify police of any change of address, and he has to remain in Canada. There's also a non-contact order that is fairly standard with release orders like this. He's not to contact or associate with any employees at uh, the Hawkesbury Hospital and is, like I mentioned again, strictly forbidden from practicing medicine. He is back in court with his lawyers on September 7th. That's in court in Lorignal, uh, which is another eastern Ontario community just right outside of Hawkesbury. And the case is headed for a uh, sort of a case management where his lawyers will get together with the Crown and with the judge, and they will decide on available trial dates. They'll set out how long the trial may be. They will generally have a list of witnesses that the Crown intends to call, and then they can give an estimate of approximate length of trial and the dates that might be available to accommodate it. Looking at his lawyer's statement, just the, the fact that you know they assert that Dr. Nadler provided excellent palliative care. They're confident that they'll be vindicated. There's not an indication that they'll be looking in defense of, you know, mental distress, the global pandemic, burnout among healthcare workers, that they're asserting that he did nothing wrong in this case. That's right. Nadler has proclaimed his innocence throughout this process. His lawyers have said they will vigorously defend all of these charges. They say that he, again, provided excellent palliative care to all the patients. And their quote is, when all the facts are presented, we are confident that he will be vindicated. His lawyers have maintained this position right from the beginning. As for uh, potential defense strategy, defense lawyers are notoriously secretive about that all the way through the trial process until it comes to their turn, really, to uh, to mount their defense. Mm -hmm. So again, being at this early stage, uh, just in the bail phase, really have no indication at all of what the defense strategy may be. And lastly, we're talking about four victims, four elderly victims. I know, I know that there was a lot of talk during the pandemic about how COVID really impacts the elderly disproportionately compared to the rest of the population. There were thousands upon thousands of deaths of much older people. Each of these deaths, no doubt sad. The fact that we have a first-degree murder case linked to four of these deaths, I imagine must be troubling if, if they had surviving loved ones. Have we heard from families of any of the victims yet? 
We've heard only from families who have asked for privacy, really, at this time. It's obviously a very difficult news to cope with. Mm-hmm. Each of these deaths is a tragedy on its own. Altogether, all four of them just becomes that much more impactful. So I think the families, at least, that we've been able to make contact with have expressed just a desire to be left alone and to sort of grieve privately and to sort of come to terms with what's happened here. Obviously, the pandemic has caused all sorts of tragedies for families that that have had to deal with, uh, especially with the elderly. We've heard uh, just these horrible stories of elderly patients who have passed away in hospital uh, without being able to visit with their loved ones, uh, without having that close contact with hospitals under such restrictions. Mm -hmm. So certainly each of these deaths uh, is a tragedy on its own, but uh, with all of this together and with these charges, it, it would be a lot to deal with for these families. Well, it is a, a fascinating, albeit a sad case, and I know that we'll be following it closely in the months to come. Aiden, thanks for your time. Thanks so much. Anytime. 10.3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Aiden Helmer. More from him at ottawacitizen.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.